All right. Let's do a brief recap. Let's do a brief recap. We've learned that God is a covenant-making and covenant-keeping God. That's what we've learned. And then this is what we've learned as well, that for every family lineage, there's a predestined purpose and mission for every family line that is brought into the world. It means your family line, there is something that God wants you as a family lineage to accomplish. That is why you find families leading towards certain careers. Now, this is just a broad generalization, but the reality is that those who are the pioneers and the founders of your family lineage have a God mandate, God-given mandate to fulfill certain things, and God wants those things to be fulfilled. So, we learned, therefore, that the vision that God gives to the founders of each family line is meant to be transgenerational. That's very important. Once you start thinking transgenerationally, it will affect how you do life. We need it from Scripture. <clears throat> that unlike us, God connects generations. And therefore, in his dealing with the founders or the pioneers of a generation... He can assign them a task that he fully knows its total fulfillment will not happen in their lifetime. But that the full fulfillment of that task can only happen as generations interconnect. In Hebrews eleven thirty nine, we read the following words talking about the, the founders who had lived well pleased God, but it says they didn't receive the fullness of the promise. The 39 of Hebrews 11 says, all these having obtained a good testimony through faith, they lived well. They didn't fail. But then it says, but they did not receive the promise. You see? So they didn't receive the fulfillment of everything that God had spoken. Then it tells us why. Verse 40. God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. That word perfect is interesting. It's, it's the word complete. God is saying they will not be made complete without us or they will not be able to complete their mission without us. So just like in a relay race, every one of them has their own track, their own role. They must play their role well, they must run as they should, run at the proper pace, but after they are done, they must hand the baton to the next someone to run. That word perfect means to finish. So in other words, their assignment cannot be finished without us. Think about that, Doc. Huh? Think about that. That the things that you and I stand and talk about on our pulpits, there are certain aspects of the promises of God that even if we see a fulfillment of that, they get fulfilled in part. You know, I've learned as over the years, even on things that God has spoken to me prophetically, that even if I've believed certain things have gotten fulfilled and I saw them being fulfilled, 
There was another aspect to the same promise. A deeper level of the same promise that I didn't understand at the time. When God spoke, he spoke. And remember, you can only process what God says to you to the level of your understanding. See, so you, you, don't, you don't know. I remember there's a time when God impressed on my heart that he will use me uh, interdenominationally, internationally, and nationally. You know? and, I, and I remember, I thought what God was saying that is that I must resign the church and hand it over. At that time, that's what I thought. So I started working on a plan to resign and hand the church over. And as I prayed, God said, that's not what I said. God was saying, I'm bringing you into a season when I'm opening doors for you in other areas. But you see, the, the, the promise of God only becomes more real as you walk in it. And as you walk in it, you see certain aspects. So I know very well, that's why I've said I'm asking God for a thousand churches in my lifetime. I'm understanding that, that the thousand churches is not all there is to Grace Bible Church. There's a lot more to the vision. And let me tell you this vision because, and I've never told you this. Oh my goodness. I've never told this vision at all, at all, at all. It was my secret. I saw this vision five years ago exactly. Five years ago. And I was still dealing with the issues, how we're going to expand the churches and you know, all these things were not clear, like what we're doing now. And I was not even consecrated. Five years, when I was consecrated, so about five years, just before I was consecrated as bishop. So I'm, I'm thinking, and then one day I'm in prayer, and I see this whole place full of people. I've never seen such a sea of people. I, I've never. Full here, full in the yard, full all the way to Maponya. Just a sea of people. And I'm looking, I'm thinking, God says, this is the growth that's coming. And I said, Mama Lambert, and I said, now, now you must remember, we were still doing planting churches, but not as much as we do. And I'm thinking, but where are we going to fit all these people? You know, that's my thinking. Huh? What, 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 what are we going to do? With? God says, there's phenomenal growth coming, more than you've ever seen before. But you know, as we've worked out the vision now, I've understood how that is going to happen. Where those people will be housed. We open more churches. They can be in more churches. If we bring all our churches together, they, they, they can, people can fill and go even into the yard and all the way there. If you bring 30,000 people together, 40,000, we're going to be full and go into... But you see, I'm just trying to show you, Vazan, that, you know, the, 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 the vision God shows you, you may not fully understand it as you think. But it becomes clearer as you obey God. Are oh, you understanding what I'm saying? So obey God. You don't have to say, I want to understand everything. What you are understanding at that time, what God has clearly spoken to you at that time, do it. But the reality is, those who are founders cannot be complete without the next generation. That word perfect means to bring to an intended goal. It says these things happen to them so that without us, they cannot bring, God cannot bring what he wanted through them to its intended goal. Mudimu intentionally told Abram, this is what's going to happen. And he knew Abram wouldn't live long enough to see many of those things happen. 
But God wanted for Isaac to hook on the vision of Abraham, for Jacob to hook on the vision of Abraham, for Moses to hook on the vision of Abraham, for Joshua to hook on the vision of Abraham, and for all the prophets to hook on the vision of Abraham. And when the fullness of time came, then it came. So God is transgenerational. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say to you? I but I want to... I want you to understand. Get it into your spirit. Because if you can understand this, you'll understand that even if you are an individual, you don't live your life as an individual. Your life is a seed that must die to make others live. Sometimes you must be sacrificed for others to live. Sometimes in your time, in your season, when you run your lap, when at that time, all you may experience is sorrow and bitterness and sadness and, di- and, and destruction and disappointment. You may be running a race that's a hard one. Maybe when in that race, in that marathon, that part where the place is uphill. You don't know. Spiritually, you were assigned that part where it's uphill. So in your lifetime, all you know when is like the prophet Jeremiah. If you look at the prophet Jeremiah, his ministry didn't look so great. Because all that Jeremiah was going through was tears all the time. He preached to people, they hate him. He warns them about God, they throw him into a barrel of oil and try to kill him. And yet, when God spoke to him, he raised his hand and said, Here am I, Lord sent me. And after experiencing a few rough patches, then he's talking to God, and if you can read in the book of Jeremiah, and he says to God, you deceived me. You deceived me. You didn't tell me the whole story. In my own youthfulness, and in my own naivety, I raised my hands, Papa, send me. But now, I've had so much trouble, God, and then he starts cursing everything. He says, cursed be. The day on which I was born. Cursed be everything. Finally says, cursed be the man who announced after my birth that a boy is born. He starts cursing everything. But then later on when you read, he, he then realizes, you know what God? <laughs> Your messes are new every morning. <laughs> He's learning. He's saying, God, even if yesterday was a bad day, I can wake up on a new day and I can rely on mercy. Oh. But if you look at Jeremiah on face value, it looks like his ministry was a flop. But his ministry was powerful. It's only that his assignment was a difficult assignment. And so he learned to be faithful even when the assignment is difficult. Some of you, for whatever reason, somehow God has given you that uphill portion. But you've got to run all the way to the end of the race and hand the baton to the next generation because you have completed that part. And the next generation depends on you. Can I hear a good amen, Brother Linda? Oh, Jesus. Therefore, we want to protect the transgenerational vision. That's what we learned last night. 
We want to protect the transgenerational legacy by not becoming the weak link in our generation. Or if our generation is already off course, we are dedicating ourselves to be the person that God will use to bring our family lineage back on track. Some of you made that commitment last night. It's a big task. It's a big call. It's a tough call. But it's a necessary call. That Hurbaham Gomezud. Baha Bala. Baha Shkwambana. Baha Muraka. Can get back on track. Because of that one person. No matter how old you are, listen to me. You don't have to be old enough. King Josiah was eight years old when he got onto the throne. And Josiah, even if his father was not following in the ways of God, even if his grandfather was not following in the ways of God, he didn't use the excuse that I was not raised in the right home. My father was negligent. My grandfather was negligent. He responded to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. He responded to what God was telling him as an eight-year-old. And he decided, I'm going to do right. Even if I'm the only one go higher who does right, I am going to do right because I have to do right to get this generational lineage back on course. Somebody must do what is right. Somebody. And I'm looking at that somebody tonight. I said, I'm looking at that somebody tonight. That somebody is streaming tonight. God looks for that one person. So we learned last night, we need to protect our transgenerational vision. But then we learned with excitement, I love this one, that God has already committed himself. That the mission of our generation will be fulfilled. Sometimes, even looking beyond our failures and our mistakes and our shortfalls, because he is olam olam. <laughs> However, he's looking for those who are willing to cooperate with him that he may bring it to pass, what he has promised. So, here's the brief message I want to share tonight. The courage, commitment, and resolve to be a trailblazer for your lineage. The courage commitment and resolve to be a trailblazer for your generation or for your lineage. Let's first of all define those words. The word courage means the following. The quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, pain, etc. without fear. So understand, Bazalana, what I've preached here is not easy. It's a difficult message. What you are hearing in your ears, it's a difficult message. Because you're going to that home, 
You're going into that lineage that has totally gone off course. Now you are coming now when wanting to live differently to all of them. Do everything differently. Sometimes they're not going to support you. They're going to speak evil of you. They will set you up for failure. They will wait and hope you fail. And if one small thing happens, they will say, I told you so. It's not easy. I remember in our brother family, one of our uncles used to be on my parents' case. That growing up, they didn't, you know, but it's all these things saying that all that. I can see some of you care about Lidians and Totsu, so it's okay. There was this uncle. And you know it's amazing because they, they, they instill fear in you if you don't do these things. It's about Syrian. Explain to the person next to you what it means with Syrian. Doc, let her explain to you. I don't know what that is. Let him explain to you what Tot Syriana is. There's no English word to explain Tot Syriana. It's terrible. And I remember my grandfather, my mother's uncle, would always tell my mother, you haven't protected the children. At home, my father got pressure from some of the brother family, not from everybody. In in the 70s, he got ill. He he got a mild stroke. I mean, it was really bad health-wise for him. And I remember the family pressurizing him to go and consult. In fact, Shem, my father Shem, he was under so much pressure one day, they called somebody Mara. I remember how you were here we were sitting, and this person came and told us, I can't tell you what I'm saying. And I could do that because I'm surprised because I'm not used to this thing. I don't ever remember once. But see, you're under pressure. You see, you see, Wabais are like Abraham. I see, but, 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 but Olam Olam understands. But then, but then he stopped. He, he only told us later, he really asked for forgiveness and said, You know, Musa, in fact, these people, when I went back to them, they said, Why did you call us into your house? Our things couldn't work there. For some of you, it's too late to go there. You, 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 you are surrounded too much by the power of God. Come on now, somebody. Yeah. They told him straight. They said, they said, when you can't come here, you must just continue praying. You, you, it's too late. You, you, it's too, it's too late. You already have a seal on you. Some of you, you don't know. You have a seal on you. Oh, you don't see it. Spiritually, you have a seal on you. I was telling my mother the other day, I went to some place, and I didn't realize, you know, as I stood there in front of this person, I think, so I was talking to them, and they were smiling, and all of a sudden, this person's, their face changed. And I and started becoming nasty, and then soon I realized, Hore, this, they were heaving up, and they were, they were, they were hateful. 
serious. All of a sudden, on the other side of the counter, I'm just standing there. It took me a while to realize. At the end, when I realized, I could see the reaction. Because I prayed for people in that situation many times. When I left, I thought, how about to? I'm not even praying. Are you telling me that wherever I go? Uh, are you te- I'm telling you that wherever you go, there's a mark on you. But listen, it's not going to be easy. You need courage. You must be brave. In the name of Jesus, it will never work. Oh, yeah. And go to bed at night. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Go to bed at night. Someone that God has blessed, it will come back and haunt you. First time I cast demons out of somebody, this was in, 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 in Edmarabastat, you know, in, in Pretoria, Marabastat. Uh, you know Marabastat, right? <laughs> I tell you. As I, I, mean, I mean, as I went back to when um, we were in Bible school, as I went back to Bible school, there was this voice that said, you took us out of this person, you're not going to sleep tonight. It was my first time to cast out demons. I tell you, I went to bed. You know, you, 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 you watch and pray. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? Anyone knows what I'm talking about? Or oh, you sleep with the lights on. <laughs> you know, you know fear, 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 fear is a very funny thing. We, we, had, we had one of our pastors, I, I traveled with him to, to, to uh, Kiani years ago. This one when Kiani was still being built, you know, and they were extending Kiani in some of the rough places where there were snakes and everything, you know, and it was bad. So, you know, those years when you went to preach, you, 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 you know, there were no hotels, so they would accommodate you at somebody's house. So they hosted him at one of the houses, a new extension that was still new. You could see they're still building. So, you know, when they were, when they were sitting around dinner, the host tells them, hey, when we came here, it was problems. There are snakes here, and, 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 and the person says, kasha, kasha. The, not long ago, there's a snake that went into the, into the, the system, the toilet system. Yeah, so, so he, say, he says, and, and you know, the people there, they know how to deal with these things. They're just talking casually. No, it just went into the toilet system, so they're eating. So he said, I stopped and I thought, toilet system. Toilet system. So he said, I just couldn't take it. And I asked them, did, did you find it? They said, no, we didn't find it. And, and then he said, what did you do? Better not let us tell a bleachy, fluid. Did it come out? No, it didn't come out. Never go so wet. Ah. At night. <laughs> he was praying that he mustn't go to the toilet. He tells me, and we were there for one week. He said, he, yeah, he said, he said, I made sure 
when we went to go preaching, when I was where you were, I used the toilet there. I empty out everything. Because I don't want to go there. But nature be nature. One day. <laughs> two in the morning. The tsunami started in here. <laughs> and he said, I had to go. He said, if I didn't go, uh, it was going to be bad. I had to go. He says, I went and sat on the system, cut tips. <laughs> he said, <laughs> he said, I said that. <laughs> He said, I was sitting there. <laughs> Any sound? <laughs> you know, fear can make you do stupid things. He, he only told me five years later, he, he said, he said, you must never take me back there again. But you need to be courageous. Because they'll tell you, you're not drinking this, you're not how fascinating this, you're not smoking this, you're not putting this under your pillow, you're not rubbing this here, you're not putting this in your shoe, under your pillow, on your waist. Yeah, you, oh, oh, oh. You, 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 you have to be courageous. Trust God. Yeah. Even when things seem to get hard, trust God. That's courage. Commitment means see the process to its conclusion. Decide. I'm going to stay on this course. I'm going to pursue this because I believe the finger of God is pointing at me. I didn't come to this prayer meeting January 2020 for Mahala. I felt a pull in my spirit to attend the meetings. I went there, I stayed there, and I heard something that revolutionized my life. It made me to make an introspection and I've been making some serious decisions. I'm going to see the process through. Yeah. I'm going to follow. Follow through. And do what God says. The word resolve means you have made a decision from which there's no turning back. I'm not turning back. Now, let me close. I want to close by giving you three things that I believe we need to do. To be that person who has the courage, commitment, resolve, to be the trailblazer in your lineage. Look at your neighbor and say, hello, trailblazer. Look at the other person and say, hello, trailblazer. Look at the other one and say, hello, trailblazer. 
Tell them you are so lucky to be sitting next to me because I'm a trailblazer. Huh? Tell them again, you are so fortunate. Why do you must count yourself blessed among people to be sitting next to me because I'm a trailblazer? Yeah. I'll quote the scriptures, but I won't read them tonight. I'll just give them to you. Number one. Decide that let it begin with me. This process of God taking back my lineage back on track. Let it start with me. I'll be the leader of the pack. I'll be the first one to follow God. Even if I'm the only one who wakes up to go to church. Even if I'm the only one who carries the Bible around. I will still do it. Let it begin with me. Say it with me. God. Heavenly Father. Let it begin with me. But always God has to start with somebody. You know, I was just praying about this. I didn't see this from this perspective. Think about this in John 4. Like I said, I won't read the scriptures to refer to them tonight. The woman at the well. If you look at her life, her life was a mess. This girl was shaking up with somebody. And this was the fifth person who was somebody else's husband. That's a bad life. In fact, theologians are speculating around the question, why did she go to get water from the well during the day? You see, you don't understand village life. In the villages, I don't know, it's different now, but back those days when people didn't have taps and you had to have water drawn from a well from the river, Usually they go early in the morning or very late in the evening. You don't go during the day. That was not the practice. In these days, historically, women went there in the morning. So that the theologians speculate that because she was such a pain in the neck of the community. Now you wanted that pain to be somewhere else, right? No, it's in the neck. Some of you were just waiting to hear me say the word. But because she was such a trauma to the community, it's very possible when she went in the morning. Serious. So she just felt, look, I've zingzonged them. They are zingzonging me back. I'm not going to the well in the morning. So she decides to go during the day. It makes sense. However, with all of that, God knew. And when Jesus is moving from one place to the other, the Bible says he must needs go through Samaria. It was not the usual route that Jewish people used. 
Jesus decided to do what others didn't do because he was sensing the promptings of the spirit that the somebody that I'm going to meet is going to begin with them. And Jesus meets this broken woman who has a low self-esteem, who's having so many problems, and through a conversation with her, an interaction with her, this woman repents of her wrongs, sees the light, and the Bible says this same woman gets so transformed that she runs into the city, and she becomes the evangelist. Oh, Barcelona, can you believe that God can take a broken life, a messed up life, if you allow God to fill you to overflowing, he takes a messed up life and uses you as an evangelist. And the people can't believe Uraganjan. Who's this person? Who's changed this kind of a rag? Who's this person? And the Bible says, when they came, they came to Jesus because of her word. But when they heard Jesus, they believed on Jesus because they had heard themselves. That's what's going to happen in your family. Yeah. Like that woman on the well, you're going to have an encounter and you're having an encounter with God and God's going to sort out your issues. What about Zacchaeus? Tax collector. Hated by the community. Yeah. Came out what They're corrupt. Yeah. Everybody knows. Because when they paid tax, he would charge more. They would bribe him. The community knows. This guy is corrupt. But you see, Basalan, you have to go beyond what you see on people on the surface. Deep down in the hearts of all of us, there's a cry for Jehovah God. I'm telling you. And we need to learn. I know the world doesn't. We need to learn to forgive people. We need to learn that Jesus came for those who are wrong people. Jesus came for those who are sick. Jesus came for those who are evil, who are dirty. Jesus came for the corrupt people. He came for the murderers. He came for the rapists. Jesus came for the thief. Jesus came for all those people. He came for them. My goodness. And when Jesus touches them, who are we to question who God can use? Who are we? And when God decides to take a murderer like Saul and changes him and makes him an apostle and he becomes Paul and when he stands the anointing begins to pour out of them. Who are we to question God? Who are we? Who are we? And Zacchaeus with all his issues corrupt as he was. This is why when people come to church now we welcome them. It doesn't matter who they are. As long as they come here and they understand this is church we're going to preach, okay? I'm going to preach, okay? And they mustn't take it personal. I'm going to preach. And I'm not preaching because they're sitting there, no. I'm preaching because that's what we do here. We preach. Are you there, Basalwan? But they're all welcome. Doesn't matter who they are. And so, he wants to see Jesus, but he is so ashamed of mixing with people that he climbs on a sycamore tree. The sycamore tree has got thick leaves. When someone is in it, you can't see them. And also because he was short, he was vertically disadvantaged. 
to be politically correct. So he climbs into a sycamore tree to have a good look. Imagine, Mazala, Jesus hadn't passed by the tree. Jesus is far off. Because even if you climb into something and you think no one sees, God sees. And if there's one thing that God is attracted to, God is attracted to men and women who have hungry hearts. So Jesus is walking down and when he comes underneath the sycamore tree, he stands and he looks up. And he says, Zacchaeus, Yes, sir. For today, I must dine in your house. What a transgenerational God. I'm not just going to touch you, Zacchaeus. I'm going to touch your children. I'm going to touch your children's children. It's beginning with you. Mara is bringing back the, gen- the generational line back on track. You were wrong, you were crooked, but I'm going to touch you. Let it begin with me. Say it again. Let it begin with me. You remember Rahab? That we talked about yesterday? Do you know her story? Do you know her story? The spies had gone into Canaan land to spy. They came in by night, they're spying out the land and, and then the there was a tip off to the soldiers that hey, the spies are here. They had such and such a place. And Rahab overheard and he decided to the guy, says, Look, guys, just come into my house and I'm going to hide you. I'm going to hide you. And Abba Tlamoki Toba Botsaliwakanaxi. I don't know. And her house happened to be on the border of the wall of the city. And she's going to let them down. And make them escape. So when the soldiers come, she says, Imagine they went into the house of that woman. The gospel is full of dirt and all kinds of things. It's just that you read it with your religious eye. God deals with all kinds of people. Mara, his grace is sufficient for every one of us. And because of that, these guys said, listen, when we come back to come take the city, just put a scarlet thread over on the window of your house. When we kill everybody, we're going to have mercy on you. So they come back to take the city over. They see the scarlet thread, they keep it. Little knowing that this woman is going to end up in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Say it with me. Let it start with me. Started with Rahab. Started with Zechariah. It started with a woman at the well. Starts with one person. Imagine Rahab, one person. Her whole family is in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. What an honor. Starts with you. Number two. Refuse to become the weak link. It's already started with you. Refuse to become the weak link. I think Joseph understood this. When he was in Egypt. 
that I'm here in Egypt? Maybe they didn't know the fullness of it. But like I was saying yesterday, the reason God took Joseph to Egypt was to make sure that when the time of famine comes, Joseph is strategically positioned to be able to help the people of God who could have died through famine. God knows more than you and me. Yeah. See, when you follow God, even if you may not be fully sure of where you are at that time, don't worry. God knows. It's, it's, don't worry. Oh, no, don't worry. There are many times when I, I just continued doing what I was doing, and then bam, bumped into something, and then it was life-changing. And I thought, oh. Because we think when God works, there must be thunder and lightning. But sometimes when it's ordinary, it's so ordinary, it's so regular, it's so everyday. And yet God is working something that not only changes you, it goes into many generations to come. I mean, this girl at the well, she just went to go fetch water. There's nothing. She didn't go for a miracle. Yeah. During the day, she was just going there to just go to hide the water. But on an ordinary day where you are doing an ordinary thing, an everyday thing, oh, I tell you, you have an encounter with God and God shifts it from the natural. That's why even when Jesus was talking to her, he didn't start here. He started talking about the natural. He says, give me to drink, give me water. And she says, look, uh, and Jesus says, look, you know, if, if I can give you the water, uh, nah, you know, if I can give you water, you will not have to come here and come and again. And says, are you greater than our father Abraham? It's going to another level because God starts you with the natural and he throws you up there. Yeah. Yeah. Refuse to become the weak link. When Joseph refused the approach of Potiphar's wife, in fact, that is smiled. He ran from it. Bazalan, run from things. It will save your family lineage. It wasn't such a big thing. Small thing. In private, nobody knows. But it costs you. The destiny of an entire nation. We wouldn't be having the Jews. They would have all died. Jacob and all of them would have died because of starvation. So God sends you somewhere to be the forerunner, to be the door, to be the gatekeeper. God sends you somewhere to plant you. You are a, <laughs> you are a, a spy planted from heaven on heaven's operation. You don't even know. That's why God put you in that job. That's why God put you at that school. That's why God put you in that community. That's why they chose you to sit on that board. 
You are there when you think it's normal. You see, because see, there was no angel that said, Thou shalt go into the committee. No angel. It was just a vote. Comrade Ngena, you don't know that God is putting you there. And when you are there, don't get corrupted. Don't get corrupted. You know, Salana, I was so glad when we were doing the funeral here, Osman Kekulo, and I, I, I have so many takeaways from that funeral. When Dr. Frank Chikane stood up to talk about Osman Kekulo, she was, uh, she was involved in some of the things that back then in the early days, and, and uh, she was assigned to be involved in the re repatriation of people coming in from exile. This is early, early days. And Dr. Frank Chikani, he said it publicly, so I can say it. He said, many people were at odds with her because she was handling so much money, but she refused to be corrupted. Ellie, 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 Ellie. Ellie, just at the beginning of our democracy. Already it's about... <laughs> Dr. Frank Chikane's eulogy about Ausman Kekulo was entitled, It's the Gospel That Makes the Difference. Yeah. I tell you, I, that's one of the best eulogies. I, I thank Dr. Chikane for having given that eulogy. He says, because of the gospel, even if she was serving in government, she had been specially asked to come and serve. She was, she was, her name was put forth to the president and they called her in to come and lead that. And when she got there, she was handling billions. But because she had values, Because she understood what's at stake, she refused to be corrupted. Then Dr. Chikane tells us his own story. He was serving under one of the presidents, so I don't want to say which one. He served under two. No, no, he served under two. So you may not know. He served under two in different roles. There was a delegation that came from another nation to come see the president. As this delegation is talking to the president, you know, these are presidents to presidents. The people who have escorted the president, they're sitting with him, they're just in a room. And why puela nje? Look at your neighbor say nje. Just explain what nje means. Just. He is talking just. Or he is just talking, one of them. And in his conversation, he's telling them about his house that he has here. Multiple extension that he's trying to sell the house, but... He's trying to move somewhere else because of his work and convenience, but they're offering him 600,000 rands if, when the house is worth 2 million. If, if it was in the suburb, he would sell it for 2 million, 3 million. And he's talking to people from another nation. Another nation. Then there's people, and why Puella fella? He's not asking anything. He's just, Nje. Anybody say Nje, 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 Nje. So he says, this person says, don't worry. We can arrange that it gets sold for two million. 
So you want to run? How, how come? I mean, you are from outside. He said, no, no, don't worry. We know how to move things. Even three million you can get. Or even better still, we can make sure it gets sold, but we can also make sure that after selling it, you can also buy it for a cheaper price and have your own foundation run from there. And when I was listening, it sounded good, but I thought, but how, how can it, what are you going to do? I mean, there's got to be something. Don't, don't worry, we'll take care of it. He said, in here, the Nembeza. Tell your, tell your neighbor what the Nembeza is. It's the conscience. Yeah. In here, the conscience says, don't do it. Don't do it, Joseph. Don't do it. He says, now as I speak, in one of the commissions, that same group of people and that same situation is before the commission. And they have a list of people that are just quoting their names. He says, had I not said no, my name would be there. <laughs> Refuse to be the weak link. There's too much at stake for your generation. I know you don't like preachings like this. But I pray that God raises a generation that's going to refuse to be corrupted. Because corruption is on all sides. Starts with the traffic cop. Can you make this thing disappear? How about the cold drink? They stopped me during the festive season. But I'm rooted. I'm rooted. Ha. I said, Kwenyangma, Tema. Yeah. And finally, this is going to be difficult, Bazalan, as we close. Have the courage to choose the road less traveled. And understand, this road may be lonely at times. Do what Hezekiah did. Even though he came from a family in a background where good things were not modeled, do what Josiah did. Even though his whole family had moved into this. Jesus says, wide is the road that leads to destruction. Many are those who find it. But narrow is the road that leads to life. If, if you are serious about this message, if you're serious, you have to be willing to be hated, disliked, criticized, maligned, ostracized, 
left out. You have to let the twips tweet about you. You have to let them misunderstand you, call you names, say we get a bitter. You have to be willing to lose your best friends, to be chased away from your home, to lose your job. And now you're getting quiet on me. Listen, Basalan. Listen. This narrow road is not a popular one. But the narrow road has life in it. Not many choose it. Not many. Because it's costly to choose the narrow road. I think our problem sometimes is we want the applause of the crowd. We want everybody to click that they like us. And so we feel awkward to stand for truth, to stand for what's right. You feel funny if you're the only one who's not drinking, smoking, womanizing, manizing, lying, cheating. As a pastor, you feel funny if you're not prophet lying. Feel funny. Yeah. No, you don't know, Bazalan. There are people in our churches who put pressure on us all the time. We've had people leave and say, Halena alone. And they go balokramatla somewhere. Because people force you. They want you to do some of these things. Or why is a recimate? Overnight, you'll be a millionaire. You have to say that word again. No, 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 no. If God doesn't do it, then I'm not interested in it. If God doesn't cause it to grow, may it remain so. If God doesn't start it, I don't want to be involved with it. Choose that road. Let's travel. My friend, see, Poshavalala, we were at school with him. I remember in 1978, I wasn't born again yet. He used to preach at assembly in the morning. And Bazalana, during lunchtime, I mean, you know how it is, Koskolong, ne? Even if you are hearing the truth, but I grew up at a valem gangan. Anybody know something? You know, you know, you know, peer pressure is a funny thing. Even if you can hear the truth is being told. But because you are with the group. So I had a group of us, we used to kazata. I don't know in English what kazating means. What does it mean of kazata? I'm on two saying, Bab. Nkalong says, Bab, Tunin's kazata and a slung, Bab. Yes, help me, Bab. I don't know. What is the notion of kazata? What? You are doing this, but there's no word. They say, yeah, yeah, I, I, I hear you, I hear you, but ah. 
So that I had my Nekinali Skimsa Kalin. My own dogs, you know. We were. <laughs> we would go and we would eat together and we would talk about this guy. In my heart, I heard what he was preaching in Nkabakam. Marakaure, I'm with the guys. Oh, and Lena Gwatawa cool, Lena Sekeda Yaka criticism. Just for a kibe accepted. It was so sad for him, he used to sit by himself during lunchtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the bus stop, when the bus stops were still there, reading his Bible. I remember my friends used to say, You see this thing? So even when God has touched your life, you don't want to be associated with him. No. But the 5th of August, Yafiga Nagi. Yanswara. And then I was at the bus stop with him. The girl, the lady who used to sit at the same desk with me, when she found out I'm a Christian, she just went, Eeyaw! You know, like I have Ebola, you know, Eeyaw! She never again sat on the same desk with me. She just found another guy to sit with. What on Shabaka Zinzong? Yeah. It was painful. Because I'm also young. Lina, I want to. But I've realized, if you've made that choice, stick with it. Stick with it. Stick with it. If you're the only one, stick with it. I lost all my friends. All of them. Legokasi, I lost all of them. And you feel lonely. I mean, you don't have friends. When you go to them, they don't want to talk to you. When you read your Bible, you go to church, they, they make fun of, of you. Then Bahubizamurut. <laughs> Even elderly people. Better still Bahubiza Hallelujah. I mean, really, you know. I'm called Muruti, I'm called Hallelujah. I'm called all kinds. You know, you are a young person. But you know what? I realized, blessed are you if you suffer shame for the name of Jesus Christ. Blessed are you. Because this road, that's narrow. At the end of it, there's life. Not only life in terms of the great things God does when you're on earth, but even the day you live this earth, there's life on the other side. Think about it. Think about how your family lineage will look back at your commitment. When people in your home are serving God, having good families, they're following their mission and their vision, you're a united family. Nobody comes in. You know, like one comedian was saying, you know, you heard on the news, they said people had an accident, but, you know, 
but they are okay. They, 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 they are critical but stable. He said, his uncle stood there and said, yeah, that's me. Every weekend, critical but stable. Nobody in your family is critical but stable. Think about it. Think about it when you can pray together, talk well together. No uncle is abusing any skuhulu. Nobody's stealing anybody's anything. But it began with you. Your journey may not have been the easiest. For many years, you may have been the only one. But you are, you are that seed. So this is what I want us to do tonight, Basalan. I really want us to pray for one another tonight. And this is how we're going to pray. I want you to pray for your neighbor. And I want you to start pronouncing God's blessings upon their lives. All right. Pray for them. Speak the word over them. Pray that they'll be courageous. Pray that they will be single-minded. Pray that they will be resolved. Pray that they will be committed to the mission.